Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, y'all? It's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening. It's the Hump Day Blogorama Show, and man, my mojo is all messed up this week. Uh, you know, when I was younger, skateboarding and all this, I could repeatedly fall, wreck my body, you know crumble to a heap on the asphalt bounce right back up now that i'm older you know i just sleep on my neck wrong and it you know completely messes my entire week up um so we didn't have a top three tuesday this week because i had side my neck hurt so bad i almost felt nauseous i had like a headache behind my right eye you know just the right eye and uh i was just a just a hot mess, and uh, so try to get back to that next week. Um, and who knows? I may have to take a look at the schedule I've laid out for me and make some pieces bi-weekly or something. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. Luckily, I got the last week of July off to kind of take a break because it's hard sometimes. It's not like this is hard work or anything, but it's hard sometimes to fit everything into a schedule. But usually, I do pretty well with it. Not this week, but anyway. It's a hump day blogorama show. We're going to talk about what's been going on in the blogosphere over the last week. I'll share some cool things I spotted with y'all. And then I put up all the links over at the Thought Eater blog. There's links to the blog in the show notes. Or you can go to frothsoft, frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. Or just Google Thought Eater blog. It'll have all the links we talk about today. Now, I did get some call-ins about some of the topics from last week. Uh, one to do with Thacko, um, and then a few about the final topic from last week, which was talking about you know paid professional GMs and everything. It was kind of triggered by this, this article that was floating around about people making money you know, running games and what people think about that and all that jazz. So let's listen to these real quick, and I'll be right back. Hey Froth, it's John here from the Red Dice Stories. Just been listening to your episode where you were talking about Thaco. Now, I've never really had a problem with it. I mean, I did a bit of AD&D when I was sort of first role-playing. I never really found it that difficult, to be perfectly honest. Zero's the best. The higher you get, the lower effectiveness your armor has. Fine, not a problem. That said, I can see why people prefer ascending armor class since... Personally, I find a little bit more intuitive that a bigger armor class or a higher number is better. But as you were saying, it's not exactly very complicated maths to do, is it? So I think it's just what people find comfortable. But I thought it was a very interesting subject for discussion. Thanks very much, dude. Take care. Catch you soon. Hey, Froth. John again from the Red Dice Stories. Pay GMs. Uh, it's, it's a difficult one. It's like yourself. I don't really begrudge anyone making money. I mean, we've all got to have jobs. And I suppose I'm a little bit envious of people who can like do what I do for a hobby and actually make money out of it. I'm not sure if I'd like the whole sort of corporate induction sort of style angle. And I would feel as a GM, if I was going to be charging for sessions, that I'd really have to pull all the stops out. And like you said, do like props and stuff like that, which is an awful lot of pressure. Because like you say, 
it's a job. It's not a hobby. You're not just doing it for the love of it. You're doing it for the money and the certain performance indicators and stuff like that that would be expected from you. That's how I don't begrudge people talking about it, but this conversation comes up fairly regularly, and every time it does, a little piece of my sort of brain goes, mm, this again, but I suppose that's just me. Anyway, take care, dude. Catch you soon. Hey, Mr. Forty, how you doing? It's Spike Pit here. Just calling in about the um, DMing and paid DMs question. I, I, I can't imagine paying those sums of money to get in a game of D&D or any other game for that matter. I wouldn't say the prices are not fair. It probably falls in line with most entertainment that that you can get out there. But, whew, I guess I've been spoiled all these years. We've got DMs in our group coming out of our ears, GMs, whatever you want to call them. But I feel sorry for people that can't, you know, they've got a group of seven people together and, and, and no one will step up to the uh, up to the plate. Maybe something's going wrong with um, explaining to people how to, how to DM or helping people to get into it. Maybe that's a question. Hey, you know what I thought of? I actually know, honest to God, more GMs than I do players, straight-up players. I mean, the GMs play... But I know more GMs than I do players. And right now, Tim's game on Monday, I think, I don't know if they're all GMs, but most of them are actually GMs. So that's just, that's something that's popped in my head, and I'm sharing it with you, Froth. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And guess what? It's almost the weekend again. Ha-ha! <laughs> all right, so you heard from uh, John Allen Large there from Red Dice Diaries, Colin Green from Spike Pet, of course, Ivy the Happy Wesk, and... Uh, Appreciate all y'all calling in and sharing your opinions. You know, there's no right or wrong answer on it. And, uh, you know, I don't overall have a problem with it, but uh, I would hate, I would hate to see it become so common for it to be a pay to play sort of deal that, um, you know, that's all you see. You know what I mean? Not that I would pay it, but (laughs) I guess it's probably being a little selfish too because, I mean, I'm getting fewer games but i wouldn't want the next generation of players coming up to just look at it as a you know i gotta pay for this you know little micro micro charges and micro transactions for everything you do in life but um i should also mention too that um tim shorts from gothridge manor did a whole podcast on the on the paid gm stuff so you'll want to go check that out and see what he had to say as well he had some interesting things to say, I thought, um, kind of just discussing, you know, how many little corporate training sorts of things he's had to go to and how he'd much rather been playing D&D at, at one of them. And I, you know, I can't disagree with that necessarily. One thing I, you know, I thought about, I was like, you know, well, let's see, let me try to approach it. Like I'm going to actually, you know, try this and, and see what the deal is, you know, trying to make some money on it. So I looked around because th- these ones in this article where somebody makes 500 bucks, that's, a, that's an outlier. You know, that's not everybody isn't doing that. Most of what you see on, um, roll 20, it seems like anywhere from like five to, you know, $15 a game sort of deal. Or then some people have Patreons and, and whatever. And so I was looking at, it. I looked at one site and they, you know, have like a little professional website and everything and constantly have games going and 
it looked like they're averaging about four players a table paying, I think it was like 13 bucks or something. And so, and then I was thinking about, I was like, all right, well, you know, if you had five to whatever, people paying five to 15 bucks, and I was thinking, well, what would, you know, you'd have to run 5e, first of all, you know, that's the only thing most people are paying right now and are going to pay to play. And so I was thinking, okay, so if I ran an Adventures League game, it'd take like three hours and maybe make 50 bucks, you know. And I probably only have time to run one extra game a week. So it's like, you know, uh, what's the math on that? 200 bucks a month. And then I was, I was thinking about, you know, the amount of prep work you'd have to do for it and all this. And it, and it, and it dawned on me, and this is going to sound in bad taste. I just thought it was kind of funny because it's, it's something people will say, but not mean it literally, but it's like, you couldn't pay me to run 5e Adventures League. <laughs> I know that's wrong, and I probably would run it. I just, it just struck me as funny to say, you know what, you, you really couldn't pay me to run 5e Adventures League. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where if you, it, people are just doing it to supplement their income or whatever, or some of these people, if you're, if you're running them, you know, five, six days a week, and more power to you if you can... Ford Health Insurance and all that. Um, but anyway, it was an interesting topic for sure. I saw a lot of discussion going on in other places about it. And uh, like I say, I'm open-minded about it. Don't really have a problem with it. Would never pay someone, you know, just to run like a, a regular session like that. But, um, and I, would, I wouldn't want it to just, that become the norm. But, you know, it's the way the game's set up, you know, it's the way life is set up. If you can make some money on some people, go for it, um, as long as you're not hurting anybody. So, anyway, that's what I've got for y'all as far as an intro. Let's get into the maps. All right, so as far as the maps go, we're going to start over at the History Blog. They have an article up about, it's called The Villa of the Papyri, and this is talking about this villa that was buried by Mount Vesuvius and, uh, and, uh, not in Pompeii, but Herculaneum. And, you know, it's an interesting article if you're into history, uh, it's got some of the stuff that was, that was found and everything that was buried by, uh, Vesuvius there. But, um, the thing that caught my eye was this excavation plan of this villa. So if you want to look at one of these old, um, you know, a, a really cool floor plan of one of these old villas, um, you know, buried by a volcano, I thought this was interesting, um, give you an idea of, of, of how it was laid out and everything. And, and it's got this, uh, you know, natural weathering and stuff to the edges and everything to where, um, it, it, it looks like a, it could be a cool map to use in your game. So you can check that out over the history blog. And then over at the mega dungeon blog, mega-dungeon.com. Uh, I really like Billy Longino's map, so I'm featuring another one of those, Castle of, of Overly Entitled Local Scion. And it's just like a little castle map, you know, three-level deal um, that, that looks like you can make a quick one-shot out of, and I, I just like that. It's got that Dyson logo style sort of deal to it, and um, but just something you could just snag, really just roll random tables or something to populate it and have a quick adventure. So you go over and check that out at mega-dungeon.com. Frugal GM, uh, you know, Hall of Famer, Frugal GM, 
put up a, a free GM resource, free map tiles by Mad Cow Chef. And so this is talking about uh, a few sets of some free map tiles that you can go in and download. Um, eight sets of tiles, underground, forested, diabolic, fiery waste, winterscape, fortifications, tree city, desert, and swamp. So um, if you're like cutting these deals out or uh, just uh, building your own um, dungeons or whatever out of them on, VT on a virtual tabletop, you can check out these free map tiles. Uh, via frugal gm at frugalgm.com and then matt jackson uh, a legendary anchorite here on anchor uh blogs over at msjx.org and put up an awesome uh regional map kind of an overland map hex map uh that i just really love the colors and style and kind of uh realism slash cartoon sort of feel that it's got and so i'll put up a link to that one as well just a nice hex map that you could really just start statting out and just use it for your campaign, you know. Uh, so if you're like me and you, you, you lack any and, any and all artistic talent, uh, you can just uh, ride Matt Jackson's coattails here and, and snag his map. Saw a bunch of reviews and retrospectives that caught my eye this week that I'm going to bounce through. First of all, Greg Gillespie's new Mega Dungeon. I've already, uh, you know, I backed the Kickstarter. I got the little coupon deal. They say it's shipped from drive-thru, so it'll be in my grubby little hands shortly. Uh, Gillespie, of course, of Baramaze and Archaia fame. Um, over at the 10footpole.org review site, Bryce Lynch has done a review of Highfell. Seems overall positive. I uh, know I'm going to dig it. I really like how Gillespie lays out his um, mega dungeons. They, he does a good job when you've got something that massive and that kind of, you know, intrinsically difficult to run of really kind of how he's kind of nailed down the formula of how to do the intro, how to package it, how to set it up to make it as easy as you can possibly have it. And uh, the artwork, huh, I'll just let the artwork speak for itself. Check out the cover. Uh, the Aerolotus cover that he's got for this thing. It's unbelievable. So um, looking forward to that one. So if you want to learn more about Highfell, check that out over at 10footpole.org. Then Emmy Allen, the cave girl, did a review of the new Lamentations um, adventure, No Rest for the Wicked. Um, Emmy thought it was good. It looks good to me. I've got some friends that are going to... You know, the, the shipping for Lamentations, like, it's got to get fixed. It's just, I've, done, I've bit the bullet a couple times, but this whole Finland thing, it's just, uh, it's not going to work for me anymore. I mean, sometimes my local game shop will get some of the stuff, but it, it's not worth me paying basically twice for the buck. I just, I, I like their adventures. I don't like them that much. You know, I'm not that hardcore where I got to just, you know, get whacked on the shipping. And, you know, I know I'm spoiled living in the U.S. compared to a lot of people deal with that every every time they buy something. But, you know, I don't know if anybody, unless you're in Finland, if anybody gets a good deal buying these books shipped. Um, I'll just, you know, but like I was starting to say, I've got some friends going to Gen Con. And it looks like these and maybe some other new releases will be there. So I'm going to hit them up to buy me this the punchline i've delayed ordering that it's just like a thin little deal and i'm not going to pay double for shipping and whatever their other gen con releases are i think they've done some other like kind of compilation things recently but it's stuff that i already have so there's no need for me to buy that but i do want this 
looks and sounds good. If you want to read more about uh, No Rest for the Wicked, you can go over to cavegirlgames.blogspot.com and check out what uh, the Cave Girl's got to say about it. Now, this sounds like a really interesting product, Into the Weird and Wild. This is coming at you over at the technicalgrimoire.com site. David Sherdwin is reviewing this. And this is described as like a toolbox, a grim forest toolbox with monsters, locations, descriptions, you know, traps, diseases, spells, and everything for wilderness dungeons. And uh, really good review, and I love the art and the layout of this thing. I will be buying this. Uh, i got to check and make sure that they got one in, um, in print. Yeah, it says, oh, the print version isn't available at, at the moment. Right, keep the eyes out for a print copy. Yeah, the PDF is twenty bucks, but it looks like you're getting your twenty bucks worth. This looks like a really interesting, like I said, uh, toolbox that you could use for wilderness adventuring. Uh, very interesting OSR product if you're into classic D and D, or you could use it with a bunch of other games. But definitely, if you've never heard of this one, because I hadn't, into the weird and wild, go and ch over to technicalgrimoire.com and have a look at this. Let me see if it says who the author. Who is the author? Let me just go over and look at the product page. Sorry, I should have done this before. C. Favory. So I don't know who to really credit it to. C. Favory is who it's um, um, credited to. But anyway, looks great. Artwork looks great. The layout looks amazing. Into the Weird and Wild, that looks like one not to miss. Speaking of stuff not to miss, over at RobotGoblin.com, they did a review of In the Light of, the Go of a Ghost Star, Nate Treem's uh, cool kind of zine sort of game. I've uh, picked me myself up a copy of this a while back, but if you want to hear a little bit more about it, it's very, very cool. Very, very cool indeed. If you're into old school games, or just gaming in general, and zines as well, then this is one uh, little kind of a sci-fi uh, gonzo sort of deal that you might want to check out. Um, huh. from his introduction it's a 16 page Numenera by way of Maserat so if that sounds cool to you you, you want to check it out I've talked about reviews from Rolier a lot uh, Pookie UK over there does not only reviews of, uh, of um, current product and, uh, but also sometimes we'll look back on uh, kind of re retrospective style on something from the past and here, Pookie's talking about uh, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, Adventure Gaming Handbook from 1978. And um, in true Pookie style, uh, you know, Pookie doesn't slack on the reviews, gives you a really good idea what you're getting, talks about mechanics, talks about the history and everything. So if you're a John Carter fan and want to uh, read about this Heritage, game, uh, Heritage Models, Inc. product, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, Mars Adventure Gaming Handbook, whew, that's a mouthful, you can go over and check that out. I recommend you do. It looks really cool, and kind of I always enjoy going back and looking at uh, at stuff like this. Um, uh, forgotten, um, you know, forgotten games. Speaking of forgotten, at the end of forgotten or the endless Gorgotten uh, blog, Dunions D U N I O N S dot blogspot dot com. Thank God for Google. Translate this page for me so I can read it. They do, uh, and this is Javi, Javi Arce, or Arce, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, it might just be Arc. 
they do a review of uh, kind of a retrospective of the old Crypt of the Smoke Dragon um, TSR Fast Play module. And what's interesting about this one is that it's still up on the Watsi site where you can download it. So it's got the link there too. If you want to take a look back at this, um, at this kind of um, intro module, fat, free fast play game intro module that um, that Dungeons and Dragons put out. What was the year? 1999. So it says that it was a little adventure without a cover, a color brochure of only 16 pages published in 1999 for free. So. Anyway, Crypt of the Smoke Dragon, if you don't have a copy of that one, or you just want to read about it, go check that out over at Dunions, D-U-N-I-O-N-S dot blogspot dot com, com, com. Oh, long-time listeners of the show will know that I love Greyhawk, easily my favorite, the classic settings, and what I almost always use as a backdrop for my D&D games, and couple Greyhawk things came out this week or, you know, popped up on my radar. So this is just a little Greyhawk corner for y'all. Over at Mythlands of Earth, that's Mythlands-Earth, E-R-C-E, Mythlands-Earth.blogspot.com. Anders H. over there put up a cool post about how they got into Greyhawk. It's got some cool images and it's just a kind of a nice nostalgic post. One thing that I really enjoyed about it is that it has... This scan from a Danish magazine called Saga from 1992 that they translated. And um, so you can read the translated article from a kind of old gaming magazine uh, back in the early 90s about Greyhawk, uh, a Danish um, gaming magazine. So that's cool for a number of reasons, you know, seeing, uh, uh, you know, uh, the zine and everything and then just getting that kind of nostalgic Greyhawk flavor going. I enjoyed it. Speaking of Greyhawk flavor, over at Greyhawk Online, greyhawkonline.com, fantastic website and resource if you're into Greyhawk. The new Oith Journal, not Earth. Gygax wrote that it's pronounced Oith, like Curly from the Three Stooges. So, Oith, the Oith Journal. Delirium. All right. The, so the Oith Journal number 29 is releases. And, and, and so it's a free download, you know, free PDF of this. You can download a bunch of these came out, you know, over span of years. And then there's been some gaps. But they, these last two have come out quickly. I believe uh, one coincided with Gary Khan. And then now <clears throat> you've got number 29 coming out. So more free stuff. You know, we'll get to some more of that even later. But uh, uh, but uh, into Greyhawk. Don't miss the new Oith Journal. And now, a word from our sponsors. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them dice rolling, rolling on some random tables. Should I retake that? Uh, No, I'm going to keep that in there. Little song, little ditty. All right, let's roll on some random tables. Um, all right, so first over at spacecrawl.blog, let's see whose blog this is, Joshua Macy. This was cool, I really like this, a hyperspace encounter chart, so stuff that you're going to encounter jumping in hyperspace, and the thing I liked about this is for every option, they put up an image, and it's from all these different sci-fi pop culture things, so this is one that's not so much about the random table as, as it is, uh, you know, going over and looking at, at the images they used for everything, like, uh, you know, some Planet of the Apes, there's Marvin the Martian in here, I think I spotted, oh yeah, 
pigs in space. <laughs> so, uh, let's, anyway, let's roll on here. Roll D6 for the general type of encounter. So, this is going to be... Hyperspace natives. Intelligent races native to the hyperspace. Now, I'm going to roll a D8. Eight. Um, I'll make something up. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to roll again. Um, space vampires. Far from the, from any sun, they have grown old, powerful, and possibly crazy. So, anyway, go check this out. Some stuff that you can encounter while jumping in hyperspace. And, like, lots of nostalgic, cool sci-fi images. Um, okay, Chris Tam over at Elf Maids and Octopi, Octopi has done D100 Gonzo Dungeon Decor. So, let's see. Some Gonzo Dungeon Decor, D100. Man, Chris can really churn out the D100 tables. Goblin erotic dancers will put on a show for one silver point on a tiny stage with poles and mirrors and costumes. One copper piece, a beer. No touching the goblins, permitted by the bugbear bouncer. Some more gonzo stuff. You could run just a gonzo dungeon just with this table. It's pretty awesome. There's a tired old goblin woman with six ogre babies and nappies wiping feces on the walls, biting and pinching each other. One is sucking on a semi-precious stone worth 40 gold pieces, but won't give it up. The goblin will sell you the babies, then flee the dungeon forever. <laughs> so, go over and, I mean, that's one to copy-paste or print the PDF. D100 Gonzo Dungeon Decor. You can really just, uh, that's your flavor of choice. You can just do something weird with that. Um, alone in the labyrinth.blogspot.com. This is... There's no author listed, but they did um, a D100 table for D100 Fey Mutations. Let's see what we get here. Fey Mutations. Uh, small mouths on fingertips, each one with tiny teeth and a miniature tongue like a gecko. Ugh, nasty. Little holes and stuff like that. I think there's a word for the fear of that. I don't have a fear for it, but it's just always kind of gross to me. So yeah, that's... That gets me right in the gross, gross out, uh, gross out mental area for old froth. Let's do one more on here. Uh, extra set of teeth. Yeah, there's lots of teeth going on over. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. D100 Fey Mutations over at aloneinthelabyrinth.blogspot.com. Check it out. Uh, Cackle Charm over at the Mance. I love Cackle Charm style over at themancegaming.blogspot.com. It's, it's kind of the right mix of Gonzo, but still being readable. You know, some people be so out, are so out there where it's uh, it kind of loses that readable or useful quality. It's kind of like, how do I run this? How do I use this? Watch, I say that, and I'll probably get like something super weird you can never really use in a game, but. Anyway, they did a, a post, uh, 20 miscellaneous mutations. Lots of mutations flowing around this week. Let's see. Scissor hands. Your hands are replaced with long blades, involuntary snapping claws, evil little snakes, etc. Makes it hard to hold anything without cutting it. Change isn't permanent, and these 
offensive fingers slowly fall off over the course of the next three days, each one becoming a plus one magic weapon or creature with appropriate stats. Let's do one more. Uh, your lips swell up to three times the size. They pop loudly, loudly if punctured. They take an hour or so to reinflate. Treat your kisses as having the magic of a plus of a first level princess. Princess, that must be a glog thing. I still haven't figured out glog, if you haven't guessed. Uh, but anyway, some weird stuff over there. <laughs> Gosh. This is not my best hump, not my best hump day. If y'all can't tell, I told y'all I got thrown off this week. Usually I'll do these on Tuesday to have them ready to go out first thing on Wednesday, and then this week happened. And uh, but you don't want to hear frost problems. I got one more thing. This is more about generators over at Diamond Games. Diamond, D A I M O N dash games dot blogspot dot com. Um, over here, this is I think I'd have. Yeah, David Pignandoli's blog. They put up a collection of different hireling generators, links to them, and uh, and then our articles as well about um, hireling tables and everything. So it's not just one generator. There's the complete hireling generator. There's uh, 50 random hirelings. There's the meat shield generator. <clears throat> just generator city. So I would just go over here, bookmark this, um, and... Uh, and yeah, generate some hirelings. Froth. Hot mess. I've got some free stuff to share. I'm not sure how I live with myself sharing all this free stuff when we all know the biggest problem with the RPG industry today is all these awesome free products that, that people get, um, that people are giving away. But um, I don't know if you can stomach it, if you can you know, live with your conscience, then you might want to check some of these things out. First over at reddicediaries.com, John Allen Large, Legendary Anchorite, put up a Castles and Crusades cheat sheet. So if you're using Castles and Crusades, John says they're using it for their upcoming Midderlands game. Uh, handy dandy cheat sheet for Castles and Crusades. Go over and check that out. At blog.d4caltrips.com, this is K-Tray's blog. I'm usually talking about this for K-Tray's random tables, but K-Tray's been working on this free PDF, the Gorgon Trail Troika backgrounds. I know lots of folks are into Troika these days. I've got a link to Google Drive where they've got this work-in-progress document with uh, Troika backgrounds. I really like the uh, layout on here. It's almost uh, it's the Gorgon Trail is the name of their campaign they're doing with it or a setting so it's kind of got a wild west almost sort of thing um going on so um if you want to check out some some backgrounds this work in progress draft that k is working on for troika i've got links up for that i would just keep that bookmark and just keep checking on it uh, as k continues to um, update it speaking of something that's getting updated and to keep an eye on it I mentioned Milan, a.k.a. Gabor Lux, over at uh, beyondfommelhout.blogspot.com. They've got this Morthemian um, mega dungeon they've been working on. And so a few weeks ago, I posted level one. Well, now they've got level two up, and they've added that to the previous level as far as the PDF goes. So now you can go ahead and download the first two levels of the uh, mega dungeon and check it out. It's really awesome. Hand-drawn map. Killer. And... Um, uh, Milan is a really talented um, designer and author, so 
not one I would want to miss, and uh, so sharing it for y'all as well. And then at Le Chaudron Chromatique, Evelyn M's blog, chaudronchromatique.blogspot.com, they've put up another um, zine, uh, a Doodle City zine. It's got links to the last few that Evelyn's done. These are like print and fold zines, that awesome idiosyncratic art style that Evelyn is famed for. So this is a brand new one, the Doodle zine. Um, so I'll go and download that immediately. A bunch of awesome miscellaneous stuff that I wanted to share, and I'm starting at engineoforacles.wordpress.com. Um, this is Daniel James Hanley, and they do the Ghastly Affair um, OSR game, and they put up a picture uh, called Picturing the Boogeyman of Panzoasia, and I guess that's their you know their home setting or whatever. But the reason I put this up is because I love this image. It's got uh, images of different humanoids in their games. And the way they do the orcs and kobolds is just fantastic. The orc, you know, it's pig-faced orc, but it's like almost like a boar. So it's like hairy. And the kobold is like this awesome lizard dog thing. And it's just like, it, that is how I want my kobolds to look. Um, uh, they've also got another image that I didn't put up on the blog of the goblins, hobgoblins and everything. And the ogre looks like, you know, some dude I worked with at a pizza place back in college. <laughs> Honestly. But uh, they're all awesome. But the, the cobalt and orc are fantastic. Love this artwork. So um, anyway, go check that out. See if you agree. Over at engineoforacles.wordpress.com. That cobalt and orc just caught my eye. And I, I love them so much. I, I had to share. Let's see, um, so where are we heading now? We're heading over to Arnold K. of, of Glog fame at goblinpunch.blogspot.com. They put up a class that was just so out there I had to share it. A new wizard, wizard type for Glog, the Baboonist. So uh, the Baboonist, uh, well, yeah, it's kind of like baboon um, magic. <laughs> Like, you can never employ any hirelings except baboons. You may never use any mount or war beast except a baboon. And then you've got spells like create baboon and um, overload baboon, possess baboon. Uh, so it's just, to me, it's, it's funny. It's <laughs> lots of baboon stuff. So, um, you know, <laughs> what can you say? It's the baboonist wizard over at goblinpunch.blogspot.com. Then uh, Wayne over at Wayne's Books, waynesbooks.games. You know, Wayne always has, you know, some odd and, uh, you know, hard to find rare rare books and gaming materials that you can, you know, go over there and, and, and shop and buy. But then Wayne also will blog sometimes and he put up this real simple post, top secret SI, player written character background and and finances. And this is just something with it where I wonder if it's happened to anybody out there where you buy an old used book an old gaming book or whatever, and there happens to be just a scrap piece of paper stuck in there somewhere where you can kind of see what someone else was doing, and it might be, you know, 20, 30 years old, forgotten little scrap of paper or whatever. And that's what this is. It's just an image of this uh, scrap of paper that was found in an old top-secret book um, uh, about the player-written background and stuff that somebody had for one of their their uh the characters falcon crest gets mentioned <laughs> so i thought that was funny i haven't thought about falcon crest in a while 
just a little flavorful thing that's maybe happened to you where you find these uh, old forgotten scraps of, of gaming history in, in a book you might buy. So I thought that was neat over at waynesbooks.games. Then we're going into to journey into the weird.blogspot.com. This is like a cool house rule. It's called one, two, three, past, present, future. And they say, uh, this is Chris Wilson's blog. They say they run a lot of gonzo games. It's not uncommon for a PC in my campaigns to have a long sword in one hand and a machine pistol in the other. But this brings a question to mind. How much damage does a long sword do compared to a machine pistol? And they've got this house rule that they call one, two, three, past, present, future. And it says basically if it's something and you know the weapon is from the past relative to human history it does one dice of damage two dice of damage if it's something like from the present and three dice if it's from the future so it says for example a long sword would deal 1d8 something like um, a chain sword would deal 2d8 since it requires levels of tech that is more common in the current era and then something like a lightsaber would deal 3d8 damage so it's just an interesting idea, the one, two, three, you know, something kind of old, archaic, uh, one dice, something kind of modern, two dice, and then something that seems even futuristic to us in the present would do three dice of damage. And I thought that was just a really clever hack, one, two, three, past, present, future from Chris Wilson. I can definitely see using that on the fly in uh, certain types of games. So that, that was cool. So for the final topic today, I kind of just had felt like I had to comment on something that that, that happened this week. That that uh, well, you know, one of the reasons I don't really consider myself necessarily a great reviewer is because I really don't like to dog on something. You know, I really would rather just highlight stuff that I like, and even if it's something I don't love, I will try my best to find something positive to talk about in it. It's just my nature in some ways because I realize the hard work that people put into things and everything. And it's just, you know, whatever. I don't, you know, certainly different times in my life. I haven't been a softy, but maybe I am now. But, you know, then there, then there are other reviewers like uh, Bryce Lynch that got mentioned um, where they're, they're firm but fair ultimately. And so even when, when Bryce is uh, kind of harsh on something, you'll see even the authors of, of whatever Price is reviewing in the comments saying, Hey, you know, that's a good point, you know, or, Hey, you know, you're right. Or, or, or just being appreciative for getting actual real feedback, you know, but there's a way to do that where it's constructive and it's not just tearing someone down, insulting them and being terrible to somebody. Right. And, um, most people that blog seem to have a kind of I don't know how to say positive spirit to them, but, but, but they don't have, there's, there's not a lot of cruelty out there, I, I guess, you know, but you know, with the internet as it's morphed, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that treat each other terribly on it. And I myself have been guilty, especially when the internet was young or at least young to me back in the, in, in the nineties, um, you know, the, mid well i guess be yeah you know playing video games and stuff online where you're anonymous or whatever i'm sure that i wasn't asked to to some people Uh, i know i was at certain moments you know all those years ago and i know i've gotten in anonymous arguments before on a forum you know in past times or whatever but um 
I kind of, you know, grew out of that or, and, and, and then of course I never saw, never there, there, even for that sort of argument, um, that there, there was never any, there was always a line, you know, of <laughs> a line of decorum, even at my worst, I guess that I wouldn't, wouldn't cross. I mentioned this to say, you know, most bloggers, you know, it's a kind of a positive, cool scene and you don't have to worry about that, that much negativity or hate and that kind of thing coming out. However, there have been a couple of sites that really were way over the line. And one is called, uh, that I'm going to talk about a little bit was called your RPG is shit. It was the name of it. So yeah, go ahead and use your imagination for for what that site was all about. And, you know, it would attack people's sexuality, attack people's appearance. Um, you know, any kind of criticism, you know, any kind of just, you know, any kind of, uh, possible helpful or accurate criticism it may have ever given some, you know, something was completely covered up by, you know, images of, uh, you know, the people involved with, with um, making the games with like, you know, turds superimposed on their faces or whatever, and just constant hate, just really vile, over the top hate, you know, to the point where it's like, oh my, you know, I glanced at it a couple of times and it was just like, it was unreadable. And then you just almost just felt, almost felt bad for, you know, whoever it was because it's kind of like, nature versus nurture or whatever it's like how do you grow up to be that's such a hateful person that you actually create a blog just to really be cruel and, and and terrible to other people it's just you know beyond me well what happened this week was the, the you know without mentioning names i mean you can look at the link i put up from geek native and easily find the links to this but the, this person appears to be the person that made that site accidentally outed themselves by posting a screenshot that had their actual tw Twitter handle and Twitter icon on there. And then some people tracked that down, found out that the, the, whatever the town that the site was registered to or whatever was the same site, same town. Then they PM the person and, uh, you know, a couple of hours later, the site is down, you know, so it seems obvious that it, it was that person can't say it for sure, but it seems just really likely, but it was basically this person, you know, that was just so horrible to so many people for really no reason, um, behind the, you know, this anonymous mask, you know, where it's kind of easy to say whatever you want when you've got no fear of repercussion or whatever, basically out of themselves and, end up taking the site down and now, you know, their name's the one getting dragged through the dirt and everything. And, you know, there's been some arguments that have come up about, is it doxing or whatever? I don't really think, I don't necessarily feel like it's doxing. I mean, they basically dox themselves, right? And uh, once you're online, you know, going all in, uh, in such a horrible way against so many people, it's, um, you know, for your name to be revealed, <laughs> you know, you kind of, that's why I call this what the karma wheel spins is you kind of earn that one, you know, yourself. But it was just like a reminder. Like I said, the, the main thing, I'll, I do feel bad in a way that just someone would, would kind of just grow up to be that way. You know, 
that's the, the main thing to me is like, it just, it hurts to think that people can have that much hate in them to where that's how you spend your spare time. Um, but hopefully this was a, a good lesson to them that they can, you know, maybe try to regroup, you know, and, uh, kind of take some baby steps back towards being a, a normal, decent human being. But I would just say, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with not liking some things. I think we, people can agree to disagree. I think there's a, definitely a way that you can be critical of stuff without being, uh, just a savage, you know, troll, um, person. Um, but anyway, it's just one of those interesting that things ha that happened, you know, the karma wheel appears to have, uh, turned this week and, um, You know, karma's a bitch. <laughs> All right, that's the show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. <clears throat> um, like I had mentioned, all of the links that I talk about on the show are over at the Thought Eater blog, frothsoft, frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. So be sure and go and check that out. A uh, bunch of good stuff this week. So big thank you to all the blogs, bloggers, um, for continuing to put out all this awesome stuff, giving me something to talk about. If you want to message me about anything on the show, you can send me a, a voice message on the Anchor app or email me at frothsoft, frothsof at gmail.com. Big thank you to the folks supporting me on Patreon. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you for your continued support. It means a lot. Patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's only a dollar a month if you want to support what old froth is doing. Again, um, I apologize for not getting up a top three Tuesday this week. Um, I actually got some great call-ins on the James Bond episode, so I am really looking forward to putting that together for you. But uh, it's just going to be delayed, so it's coming. It's coming. Um, next you'll hear from me, it'll be a five-minute Friday. Uh, Anchor still hasn't sent me any kind of sponsor. So if anybody out there is interested in sponsoring the program, you can message me on Anchor or send me an email. And we can talk about that. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this next song. Maybe too much talk. You know, this is not a Rebel song. This is Logan Howard's Thought Eater theme. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,